You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. If you have your Bibles, you can look at me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, kind of to the end of the New Testament. Before we get to the message, if you would take your worship guide this morning, in the worship guide there's a little insert that says, Thanks for Giving. If you would pull that out, I want to talk with you just for a moment about this little uh, insert. Once a year, we kind of try to compile um, not all the things, but the majority of the things that's happening in and through Grace Covenant. There's so many great things that oftentimes it's difficult to tell all of the stories about all of the ministries and all the partnerships. So we create this little flyer just to say, hey, thanks for your giving. Thanks for your partnership with us. And you can kind of read down the list of of um, different things that's happened in 2017 from sending people to the mission field to Grace Feeding Grace to the VBS, the Care Center, um, all kinds of things happen. And then if you look on the back, I've saved you some time this morning. I've already counted them. There's 80 different organizations and institutions that we've partnered with in this past year, meaning we've either given resources of people or money. We've sent people to help serve or we've given money in partnership with everything from schools to inner city ministries to different churches. You know, one of the things, there's a couple of things I've, I've learned in ministry along the way and I've been in, wow, it makes me feel old and I'm really not old. Uh, but I've been in ministry now for 30 years. I started when I was 12. <laughs> but a couple of things I've learned along the way is God blesses generosity. The scripture says it like this, generosity begets generosity. In other words, generosity produces generosity. What I've discovered is the more we can give away, the more God blesses. So I literally look for organizations and churches that are doing great things so that we can sow into their ministries. Because I just believe, man, that's the way to blessing. The second thing I've discovered along the way is that we can do a lot more together. In other words, as we're partnering with other churches and organizations, we can in a greater way have kingdom impact in our community. Um, so we're looking for those partnerships, and, and so that's why 80 different organizations that we've partnered with in this past year. So I just wanted to share this with you as a means of saying to you, thanks. Thanks for your partnership, uh, your generosity, and your giving. And through that, it's making a difference here in our community, in the nation, and literally in the nations around the world. And I think this is a great way to kick off the sermon today, because today we're talking about Uh, The last characteristic that we need to be developing in our lives if we're going to experience God's blessing. So today we're going to talk about gratitude. As we live grateful, this is what happens. We discover God's blessing in our lives as we live grateful. So gratitude produces what? It positions us to experience the favor of God in our lives. So this is how I want to start today. Before we talk about what we're going to talk about, I want us to practice what we're going to talk about. So what I want you to do is turn to one individual. We don't have time for multiple individuals, but turn to one individual um, and share three things with one individual that you're grateful for this morning. Really quick, you talk to them and then they get to talk with you. One person, three things that you're grateful for. And isn't it good just to give thanks? Don't you feel better just being able to express your gratitude and then hearing that 
hearing that from someone else. You know, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, and it's kind of been a theme verse for us throughout this series, is found in Second Chronicles 16.9. And this is how it reads, that the eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. So think about this. The Creator of the universe, the God who lacks in no way, let's make it personal, is looking throughout the Lake Norman area. What's he looking for? He's looking for men and women that he can bring his goodness to. Men and women who are aligning their lives to his word, his will, and his way. How do we get to the blessed life? We align our lives to God's word, to God's will, and to God's way. So we develop characteristics in our lives that position us to discover God's blessing. See, we don't, nor can we, command God's blessing. How arrogant of us to think that we, the created, could demand from the Creator that He bless us. So we don't demand or command the blessing of God. I think it's better to say we discover the blessing of God. When do we discover the blessing of God? As we cultivate, as we develop certain characteristics or attributes in our lives. So far in this series, Pastor Jeremy's talked about three. I'm going to talk about the fourth today. But in this series, we've talked about uh, living surrendered, living broken, living holy. And today we want to talk about this concept of, of living grateful what that looks like in our lives. And I think this is obviously a really appropriate topic for this season because this coming week we're going to celebrate what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And then one of my favorite holidays of the year, I'm really excited. I get to go to Arkansas and be with my family um, through the holiday season. It's going to be fun. But it's a wonderful day for us to pause, to stop, to think, to reflect, and to give thanks. So I love Thanksgiving, the season of Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving. But as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, as those who've been redeemed, we want to we do more than celebrate a day. We, wanna, we want what our lives to be marked by Thanksgiving. In other words, that we're living a life of Thanksgiving. Not just a day of Thanksgiving, but we're living a life of Thanksgiving. One of my favorite cartoon strips for Thanksgiving is a Peanuts cartoon in which Snoopy's getting dog food for Thanksgiving Day, for his Thanksgiving Day dinner, and he's aware that everyone else in the family is actually getting turkey on that day. So he meditates to himself and, and talks to himself. As, if you're familiar with the Peanuts cartoons, you know, Snoopy's having kind of this medit meditative moment. And then there's this caption that says, How about that? Everybody's eating turkey today, but just because I'm a dog, I get to eat dog food. And he goes out and he perches on, type, on top of his doghouse. And he concludes with this statement, of course, it could be worse. I could have been born a turkey. <laughs> How many of you know there's always something that we can be grateful for, right? You know, in daily life, we must see that it's not happiness that makes us grateful, but it's gratefulness that makes us happy. And that gratefulness always leads to a satisfied, blessed, simplified life. And what I've discovered is that living with an attitude of gratitude is actually going to open your life to more life. More life. It'll position you for God to work in your life in a greater way. In Psalm 100, the psalmist actually tells us that the entryway or the doorway into the presence of God, into the goodness of God, if you will, is through thanksgiving. Psalm 100, about verse 3, says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving and His courts in His very courts, His presence with praise. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 
And as we come before God with grateful hearts and as we process life with thanksgiving, it, it opens our lives in a greater way to God's greatness, to God's, to God's goodness. I like to think of it like this, that, that gratitude is the doorway or, or the gateway. Or maybe you can think of it like this. Gratitude is kind of like a valve. Think about this, a valve. There's valves all around us, and oftentimes we just don't pay attention. Uh, for, for example, in your kitchen sink, uh, there's a valve. It's called the faucet. It's a water valve. What does it do? It controls the flow of water, right? Are you with me so far? Nod your head. No, it's a, it's a water valve. And if you go to the kitchen sink, you can open it just you can open the valve just a little bit and get a, a drip, right? Or you can open it a little more and get a trickle. Or you can open it a little more and get a stream. Or you can open it wide open and what? Get a full flow. What? You've opened wide the valve. Same way you can close the valve. So thinking about gratitude being like a valve, if we choose to grumble, complain, whine, and bellic, which, by the way, is the language of hell. If you want to know what the language of hell is, that's what it is. Complaint and gratitude and bellyache and whine. When, when you choose, when you choose to complain rather than give thanks, what are you doing? You're closing the valve. What you're closing the flow. On the other hand, if we give thanks, if we're living grateful, if we're speaking thanks, if our lives are marked by thanksgiving, what does it do? It opens the valve. For God's blessing to flow into our lives. That's why, that's why living grateful is so significant. It was Albert Schweitzer, and I think the quote's there in your notes. I love this statement. It says, the greatest thing is to give thanks for everything. He, he who has learned this knows what it means to live. He has penetrated the whole mystery of life, giving thanks for everything. So I think we all know that we should be grateful um, that we should be thankful, that being grateful and being thankful makes us happier and healthier. However, oftentimes we're not. Okay, don't look at your neighbor now. Just oftentimes we're not. So why? Because we're all blessed. You know, doesn't mean you, there's not trouble or challenges, but this is what I know. The very fact that you're living in the Lake Norman area, the very fact that you're a citizen of the United States of America tells me this, that you're blessed. You're blessed. We're blessed. However, oftentimes we're not grateful. So let's talk about that just for a minute. As I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, there's, there's what I call enemies of gratitude or obstacles that keep us from being grateful. So, again, we're going to interact. That means that we're talking together, okay? Not just I'm talking, but we're talking. So what would you say are potential enemies of gratitude? Oh, there's a great one right at the top of my list. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. And an entitlement mentality that that makes us think that a privilege is actually a right. And we think we're entitled to. Man, I'm living this out right now with two teenagers in my home. <laughs> I mean, we had this conversation this past week about how about how having a cell phone is a privilege, not a right, and that you should be grateful instead of demanding more data. 
when an, there's an entitlement mentality that can become an, an obstacle or an enemy to gratitude. That's a great one. Someone else. Happiness. 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 Huh? So t- t- uh, you're going to have to unpack that one a little bit for me. Oh, right. No, he said, John 16 says, in this life you will have trouble. The good news is, it goes on to say, take heart, I've overcome the world. So though we may not always have happiness, we can always have joy. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. So someone else, so what are some other enemies of gratitude? Greed. Okay, greed. So let's let's connect a few of these together. Maybe greed, um, selfish ambition, a desire to have more discontentment. I think we can connect all of those together. Because oftentimes what happens is we become greedy. We watch too much TV and we see too many advertisements about all of these things that are going to make us like more happy and more fulfilled if we can just get more. And we're so busy chasing more that we're not grateful for what we have. Now, greed can be an, an enemy of gratitude. An obstacle that keeps us, though we should be grateful, again, oftentimes we're not. Someone else. Comparison. Now there's a big one. When we begin to compare ourselves to others in that we look at what someone else has, maybe their job, their title, material possessions. So I'm comparing myself to Marty and Marty can't sing as good as I can sing. He has more stuff than I have. This danger of comparison is it, 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 it stirs this discontentment. And when we're discontent, oftentimes we're not grateful. So comparison can be a, a huge enemy to gratitude. Envy, yep, wanting what others have, kind of connected right into um, greed. Here's one that you haven't mentioned, so I'll say it for you. Um, Taking things for granted or taking people for granted. You know, my wife and I have been married 30 years and uh, best 30 years of my life. So when you see her later today, tell her I said that. <laughs> but as a result of 30 years of being married to an amazing woman, here's my tendency. Is my tendency is I take for granted who she is and what she does. I've become so accustomed to that I'm no longer grateful for. That can be a real enemy to, to gratitude. I, I think the very fact, I mentioned this earlier, but the very fact that we're living in the United States of America, man, should make us get up every day and do a happy dance of gratitude. I, I don't know if you looked at any of these statistics, but did you know that there's 3 billion people around the world today, like almost half of the population of the world, 3 billion people around the world today who are living on, on less than $2.50 a day? Did you know that there's 1.1 billion people around the world that do not have access to clean water? How many of you had clean water this morning? Took a nice shower before you came. Brush your teeth and clean water. 1.1 billion people around the world can't do that. Did you know that, that 2.6 billion people around the world do not have like um, healthy sanitation? Praise God for a commode that flushed this morning. Come on, the simple things of life. But this is what happens. We become so accustomed to, we're no longer grateful for. 
and we lose sight of all that we've been blessed with. And we could talk on and on, but I think some of you probably want to get to lunch today. Um, we could talk on and on about these different enemies, but this is what I know. There's things in our lives that we at times have to confront. And maybe some of the things we talked about just now, or you would say, whoa, there's a little bit of that in my life. Let me tell you what you have to do. You're going to have to confront that, or that can be an enemy that keeps you from gratitude, and, and that enemy that keeps you from gratitude can keep you from living the blessed life. So we, we need to confront those things well, so, so we can live, and we can live grateful in our lives. Well, the Apostle Paul, writing to the believers at Thessalonica, gave us some insight as to um, how they could live a blessed life. Really short text we want to look at this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. Paul wrote these words, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for you? To give thanks. In all circumstances. I mean, it's so plain what Paul says here. Out of these, out of these three verses, I, I want to quickly give you three directives this morning as to how we can live grateful, how we can consistently, continually live grateful. Because again, if you want to discover God's blessings, how, what gets us there? It's gratitude. It's being grateful. It's being thankful in our lives. So first, verse 16, Paul says this, Be joyful always. Be joyful always. And in other words, I think this is what Paul is saying here. Choose your attitude. Choose your attitude. How many of you know that we can process life with a rotten negative attitude? How many of you know some folks like that? Don't look, don't look to your right or left. Straight ahead. How many of you know some folks like that? Or, here's the other side of the coin. Or, we can process life with a positive, joyful attitude. This is what I know. We all get to choose the attitude in which we process life with. And the attitude you choose is going to shape the life that you live. It, you know, it, again, I, I like to, I'm from Arkansas. I like to keep things really simple. Rotten attitude, rotten life. Attitude we choose shapes the life, shapes the life that we live. And according to Paul here, living with an attitude of gratitude is not like a nice option to choose. It's actually a direct command of God. Be joyful how often? Always. All the time. But we're choosing this, this attitude, this attitude of joy. And as you choose joy, then a natural byproduct of the joy is going to be thanksgiving. So the more joy-filled you are, the more grateful you'll be. And the more joy-filled you are, the more blessing you're going to discover, the more life you're going to discover. As we're living joyful always, it creates what I call a cycle of blessing. If I have a choice between an event of blessing or a cycle of blessing, I'd much rather have the cycle of blessing. As we're living joyful always, it generates gratitude in our lives. And as we're living grateful, it brings about that of God's goodness. We create, we create a cycle of blessing in our lives. As we're living joyful, always. I, as long as I live, I will always remember a mission trip that happened about 10 years ago. I went with a team to Nicaragua. And there were several things we were doing on the trip. But one of the assignments, it was about a team of four or five of us on a Sunday morning. It was supposed to go to this remote mountain village called Monte Verde. Monte Verde. Uh, it took us like two hours um, up this rugged 
mountain road, potholes. I mean, it, like we were wore out by the time we get, got there because of riding in the back of this Jeep. Two hours to get to the top of this mountain. And as we got there, there was this little church in this, uh, again, remote mountain village. Um, and while what we discovered is there's some poor people there. I mean, poorer than poor. Like, they didn't have two pennies to rub together. If you've got a word that's, uh, that's lower than poor, that's where these folks were at. I mean, challenged, financially challenged. But, but what was so amazing and what stuck in my mind is though they were poor, they didn't have, like, anything. They were some of the most joy-filled people that I'd ever met in my life. When we went into worship in their church building, it was block walls, dirt floor. And man, when worship started, you didn't have to encourage the people to worship. They were engaged, on fire, vibrant in their worship. And they were so grateful for what they had, but they didn't have anything. Amazing. And then after the service, um, we went next door to a little house. Again, two-room house, dirt floor. And they fed us lunch. Uh, and this was, was such a humbling experience. The meal that they fed us cost them a month's wages. We went to be a blessing to them. And we, wow, we were so blessed. But I walked away from that experience with this understanding is that gratitude is not about what we have. Gratitude flows out of joy in our lives. It's an attitude. It's an attitude that we choose to process life. So we want to consistently, continually live grateful, then we need to be joyful, be joyful always. So, so choose your attitude. Here's the second directive that Paul gives us to live grateful, and it's this, pray continually. In other words, stay connected, stay connected to Jesus. This morning I brought this little, this little work light that I have in my shop at home, um, pretty handy on the farm because uh, you always need a light, right? Especially since the days are shorter. And so I have this light handy. And what makes this light um, work really well is that if you see here, you probably can't see it in the back, but there's a little plug. So I keep it plugged into the wall. So in other words, it's always plugged in. So whenever I need it, like this morning early, I had to go out and feed the cows and the chickens. I needed a light. So I go and I pull the light off the wall and it's always it's always ready to go. Why? Because it's constantly plugged into the power source. You, you, are you making the connection? So if we want to, if we want to live a grateful life, then basically Paul's saying this: you have to stay connected to the power source. Who's the power source? Jesus Christ. So when we're praying continually, what are we doing? It's like we're staying plugged in. We're staying plugged in to the source. And in that, what we discover, that of God's blessing, God's provision in our lives and, and for our lives. You know, oftentimes as, as we think about prayer, we, we, make it, we make it way too complex and way too complicated. What's prayer? Prayer is this. It's simply connecting with God. And what I would encourage you to do, rather than just praying in the morning, connecting with you, that's good. It's good to pray in the morning, but here's a better idea. Pray in the morning and then take Jesus with you into the day. What, what's that look like? It looks like this. I'm praying continually. In other words, I'm processing life with God. I'm not leaving God at home. I'm taking Him with me. 
I'm staying connected to this. I'm praying. Oftentimes when we think of prayer, we think, well, I've got to get out on my knees. And, uh, you know, and that's how I pray. Well, obviously, you can do that. Nothing wrong with that. But prayer, again, simply connecting with Jesus. Listen, Jesus is life and he brings life. So if we want more life, we've got to stay connected to Jesus. In John 15, verse 5, Jesus said these words. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, if you connect to me, if you abide in me, then you're going to bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can't do anything. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, hey, here's the key. You've got to connect to the source. That's what Paul's saying here. But we, we, we want to pray. We want to pray continually. It was Oswald Chambers who, who said, prayer is the exercise of drawing on the grace of God. I love that statement. So what's prayer? It's the exercise of drawing on the grace of God. So if we want to discover more grace, and if we want to discover more of the favor of God, then we need to find ourselves praying continually. And as we pray continually, we discover more of the life that God has for us and what it produces gratitude in our lives. And as we live grateful, then we discover more of God's goodness. So if you can think of it like this, prayer draws on the grace of God, and as we receive the grace of God, we give thanks. And in that, we create what, again, I call the cycle of blessing, because we're connected to the source. So how do we consistently, continually develop this life of gratitude? First, we choose our attitude. We're joyful always. Second, as we pray continually, we, we stay connected to the source. And the third directive that the Apostle Paul gives us is this, to give thanks in all circumstances. In other words, I think he's saying this, look for the good. Look for the good. How many, how many of you know if you look for the good, you'll find it? We have to train ourselves, but if we look for the good, we'll find it. You know, it, it's, it's pretty easy to give thanks when everything's going well. You know, when everything's going as it should be going in your life, it, it's easier to give thanks. But have you know, not everything always goes as you would want it to go. In other words, sometimes life gets difficult. You go through challenging places, hard places. Yet, Paul would say, in those, in those places, you need to be looking for the good and in that, giving thanks to God. You know, some years ago, the famous Bible commentator Matthew Henry, maybe you've read some of his commentaries or at least heard his name. He was, he was robbed, and after the horrible incident of being robbed, he wrote the following in his diary. Listen as I read this. He says, let me be thankful. First because, I was, uh, first, because I was never robbed before. Second, because they took my wallet. They did not take my life. Third, because they took my all. It was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. What a great perspective. Not not every circumstance is good, but there's goodness all around us. So what what do we need to do? We need to train ourselves to look for the good and celebrate it. Just yesterday morning, I had the privilege of being a part of a celebration, a life service for Kim Deese. Many of you uh, would know Joe and Kim, they're part of our East Lincoln congregation. Uh, they've actually been a part of our Grace Covenant family for about eight years. But for the past three years, Kim has been battling cancer, um, horrific challenge. And she passed, she passed this past week. And so yesterday we had a service celebrating her life. Obviously a difficult time 
for Joe, uh, for the family. But as, as we came to the end of the service yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk with Joe. And, I, and, and what I saw and what I heard was him living out this very principle. I mean, here's his life partner, his companion who has passed. And maybe one of the most difficult times he'll ever walk through in his life. Yet in the midst of that, as I talked with Joe, what I saw... And what I heard was him looking for the good and celebrating it, even in the bad. He was saying things like this. I was so blessed and I'm so grateful that I got to spend part of my life with this amazing woman. I'm so grateful for the goodness of God in the midst of this adversity. I'm so grateful for my family and a church family that's been so supportive. Was it a difficult time for Joe? Absolutely. Hard, painful. Yet in the midst of it, what he was looking for the good and celebrating. I think that's what Paul's saying here. Sometimes life gets hard. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. But even in those places, what do we want to do? We want to train ourselves to look for the good and celebrate. And this is the exciting part. This is what I've discovered. The more you look for the good and celebrate it, the more good you're going to experience. Make the connection. The more you look for the good and celebrate it, the more good you're going to open your life to. See, the God who designed us, the God who made us, know how He knows how we operate best. It's kind of like if you have an automobile, and I assume most of you do, that you drove here this morning, you didn't walk. But if you have an automobile, how many of you know there was a designer of that automobile? In other words, it didn't just fall out of the sky. Are you with me? Somebody designed that automobile and they put it together. And the individual who designed that automobile, along with that, they've created an owner's manual. If you buy a new car, you're going to get an owner's manual. It's going to tell you what kind of fuel to put in the car, what what type of oil to put in the car, how much air to put in the tire. The designer who made the car is telling you how the car is going to function best. Why? Because they designed it. They know how it was made. They know how it best operates in the same way. Hear me. The God who designed us, the God who made us, knows how we operate best. Why are you saying live grateful? Create this, this attitude, this attitude of gratitude. The gratitude lifts our eyes off the things that we lack so we might see the blessings that we possess. Gratitude makes us healthy and happy. Gratitude creates a, a positive atmosphere that results in joy and, and feeds faith. Folks, Listen, you simply cannot go wrong with gratitude. So, so I encourage I encourage you today to look for the good, to look for the good and to celebrate it. I'll leave you this morning with this quote from William Arthur Ward. It says, Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings. R- turn routine jobs into joy and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Listen, folks, gratitude will never be the result of your next purchase, your next success, your next accomplishment. It's available actually in your life right now. But you'll never find gratitude until you intentionally choose gratitude. Until you decide, this is how I'm going to process life. And and as you choose to process life gratefully, then you're going to discover greater joy, you're going to discover more life, and you're going to discover the pathway to God's blessing. When? When we live grateful. When we choose to look at our lives 
not from the point of what we do, not from the point of the difficulty, but when we look, begin to look at our lives and say, wow, God, you, you've been so good. You, you've blessed me in so many ways. And as we, as we began to give, again, not a day of thanksgiving, but a life of thanksgiving, it creates again. And this is what I love to think about, the cycle of blessing. I don't, I don't, I'm not, really not interested in the event of blessing. I want the cycle of blessing. How do you get that? By living a life of gratitude. Amen? Lord, I thank you this morning for your goodness to us. Lord, it's true. It's true for every one of us in the room today. Not that we, not that there's not folks here today in hard places. Not that there's not folks here who are facing adversity. But God, what I know this morning, what's true for every one of us, is we have been blessed above and beyond. Your grace has abounded to us. So Lord, first we just say thanks. We enter your presence, your, your doorway. We, we come to you, God, with gratitude this morning. And Lord, as we talked today, Lord, there's, there's the enemies of gratitude. There's, there's, there's things that can keep us from living grateful. Lord, I'm, I would just pray if, if there's any of those areas that are, that are present in our lives, Holy Spirit, we just ask in this moment that you would convict us. Holy Spirit, that you, would, that you would lift it to the surface, that we can deal with it, that we can confront it. Because, God, again, we want to be those who live every day grateful. Grateful to those around us, and God, grateful to you, the God who's given us life. And so, Holy Spirit, I, I just asked, Holy Spirit, that you would help us. Help us to choose a joyful attitude always. Help us to stay connected to the source. Help us to look for the good and to celebrate it. Lord, that our lives might bring honor to you. And Lord, that you might bring your goodness and your faithfulness and your favor to us. That we could create this cycle of blessings. Holy Spirit, help us to that end. Lord, I pray that for everyone in the room today. Lord, what I, what I know this morning is we can all grow a bit when it comes to gratitude. The Holy Spirit, do that in our lives today. We, we give you permission. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask our prayer teams if they would come. As we wrap this up today. We have leaders available to pray with you, to pray for you. If you have a, a physical need, a financial need, a relational need, whatever that might be. Listen, here at Grace Covenant, we believe that God is able. Amen? He, he lacks in no way. He's able. That's why we pray bold prayers. Well, because we believe God's able. So if you have a need, please come see one of these leaders. We also have communion available to my left. You could come and embrace the provision of the cross. And, and let me say as well, if you're here today, and you've never opened your life to the wonder of God's grace. You've never received Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you, friend, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. And let me tell you why. Not only will it shape your life here, but it defines your eternity. That's why it's the big decision. Listen, God loves you outrageously. He desires a, a, a living, life-giving relationship with you. If you've not accepted Him as your Savior, then I encourage you, please come talk with one of these leaders. And give them an opportunity to share with you how Jesus Christ can be your Lord and Savior. 
Well, as you go into your week, may you have a wonderful day of thanksgiving. But more important than that, as you go into life, may you choose to live life grateful. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org. 